0: Be sure to check us out on Patreon. There you will find our community with several different tiers of learning. Our Patreon community is all about immersing yourself in the streams, teachings, and the Thaya practice with lots of Taya tools and Taya teachings via weekly live video and exclusive coaching sessions at patreon.com. All of that stuff that the matrix tells us to demonize, that's bad and awful and should not be. It's all our own creation. And when you claim ownership of the creation and you're no longer judging it as wrong or should not be, you gain supreme clarity on how and why ultimately you created it for yourself. Welcome to the Stream of David podcast. I have a very exciting announcement to make that we have created and launched, or we will be launching, I should say, in May of 2023, just around the corner a couple of weeks from now as of uh, the recording of this episode, Uh, and probably already out by the time you're hearing this, by the way, because I think we're a few weeks ahead at this point. So uh, we have launched a companion podcast called The Taya Practice. For those of you that have been listening for a while, you know that the, the stream is my sharing of source consciousness. Uh, And my goal in sharing source consciousness has always been about getting my ego out of the way as much as possible, meaning getting my own beliefs out of the way as much as possible and sharing pure source. And for a number of years, I went into trance to do that. I no longer feel like I need to go into trance to do that. I feel like I can share that consciousness uh, in harmony with my own ego now, and not have my ego sort of infiltrate that. I've detuned the ego enough to where it doesn't uh, attempt to guide the source message in any particular direction. It, it, I sort of know how to get out of the way of that, whether I'm in trance or not. And what emerged uh, from the very beginning of, of this podcast was me hitting record, going into trance, channeling the stream on popular culture topics. And then we went through a period of really focusing on the the teachings of the stream. And from that emerged the Taya practice. Taya stands for trust your abundance because I came to realize in all those teachings that the universe is delivering abundance all the time. The universe, i.e. source, is delivering nothing but expansion, nothing but love, nothing but what we call abundance, the things that we want to experience whatever those are, that's all it's doing all the time. It's that that beautiful, expansive energy of, of the universe is, is what I call source. And my channeling of source has brought great clarity on the functionality of source in harmony or even disharmony with the functionality of ego while we're in the physical experience, while we're in this case being human beings. We have an ego and our ego serves the great purpose of being a discerner of preferences while we're in physical. And we're not going to eliminate our ego. We can't, first of all, as long as we are physically manifested, nor should we seek to eliminate our ego. But our egos have been overdeveloped. I talk about the matrix quite a bit and the fact that the matrix has has led us to the overdevelopment of the human ego. And we see examples of that all around us. All of these belief systems that are focused on very ego-driven things. And detuning all of that allows the ego to sort of calm down and allows your natural source being, your higher self, your inner being, however you want to refer to that, there's, there's endless ways to refer to that, to sort of emerge as the primary driver of your human experience. We were really designed this way in the first place, but humanity is a mutation of the earth environment we created this heightened intelligence that allowed us to create this collective ego consciousness that I refer to as the matrix. So the Taya practice emerged from the stream's teachings as a way for me to teach other people how to apply the stream's teachings in their lives, not just hear it. And that's a great idea. This is interesting information. Let's get the stream's opinion on something and let's find out what the stream guidance is. That's wonderful, but taking that heightened awareness of how creation occurs and how we manifest joy, clarity, and abundance in our lives, which is what everybody really wants, how do we apply it? How do we do it? And the Taya practice emerged as a set of tools that, that allows you to go into your own version of the stream, your own source connection, and allow that to be more of your driver of your operating system by detuning your ego, by detuning the matrix, by systematically detuning the fear and judgment components of the matrix that tend to really overshadow source in our lives. So I'm very excited about this podcast because I've, I've spent years now creating Taya first for myself and, and, and then for others. And I've been teaching it since uh, 2018 to people all over the world Thanks to this very podcast, I have met people now from multiple countries who have gone through my boot camp program, who have uh, learned the Taya practice and are continuing to employ the Taya practice as their way of life or a a major component of their belief system. And I believe they will throughout their lifetime because it gives you a set of tools like nothing else that I'm aware of out there to, to systematically raise your vibration. And if you understand vibration and you understand attraction and all all of these things that we talk about on here all the time, and it's okay if you don't. If you don't, just keep listening. You will come to understand all of these things. That the raising of your vibration, the result of that is a better life. More joy, more clarity, more abundance, period. That's source. Your ego is the driver of the judgment and fear portion of your life. The things that you suffer in the setbacks, the, the, the things that um, that that you heavily judge as should not be. And you learn to detune all of that. And you learn to navigate your vibrational journey and appreciation of all of it, even the things that are not necessarily the things that you want. You learn that the judgment of those things is actually a learned idea, a learned behavior to judge any aspect of our lives as should not be. Which is what's creating all of our suffering, that's something that we learned that we can detune, we can unlearn it. So, the Taya practice is all about that. So, over on the Taya practice, I'll be doing some solo teachings and I'll also have a lot of people from the global Taya community on to discuss the practice. And and you will begin absorbing it and learning it, and you can begin applying it in your life right away uh, between listening to the Stream of David podcast and the Taya practice podcast. So on this podcast, uh, we'll morph to become more about kind of its original intention, more about ideas, uh, definitely diving into current events. The Taya practice um, can be considered spirituality or spiritual, if you will. But a lot of spiritual practices are really uh, focused on shutting all of that stuff down, shutting the matrix down, which is kind of like hiding from it, in my opinion. Uh, You you have to turn off your TV. You need to get off social media. You need to meditate more. You need to go inward more. None of that is bad advice. All of that is about raising your vibration, really. But you can get to the the source-like vibration of appreciation of all that is and come to understand that the matrix is nothing to be afraid of, nor is it anything you have to hide from. So this brings us To the topic that we're going to cover in today's episode, which is the importance of community in the practice or the importance of community in general. As a physically manifested being, we came to to be part of a community. And the reason that we like community so much is because when we're not in physical, when we are in our non physical state of being, our completed state of being, if you will, we are one with source, meaning that we are one with the collective consciousness of all that is and we have awareness of all that is without the, the, the constraint of time. So on a quantum level, we have full awareness of all creation, all that is, we understand all of it. We understand universal law, and we have that knowledge when we project into our physical experience, when we're we're in this case, when we were born or conceived, uh, and then born into the earth environment, we, established this ego consciousness as part of this experience that serves to overshadow a lot of that, that, that knowing of source. But that source knowing is always present. We, we hear things and they resonate on a higher level with us that that just makes a lot of sense. It makes sense that we are the ones that are creating our own reality. If you really think about it, because we understand, especially the things that we are in alignment with in our belief systems, it's easy to see that our belief system is what's creating our reality. And if you're receiving a lot of something that you want, it's because you believe that you are worthy of it. You believe that you're good at it. You believe that it comes to you easily. And then the things that you don't receive that you would like to receive, if we're honest with ourselves, we understand that we are the ones creating the block. We are the ones that are believing that money is hard to come by, or that we were born into the wrong family, or that we're the wrong race, or we're the wrong something else to have the type of experience that we want to have. That's all matrix. That is all human-created belief systems that are incongruent with universal law, but that incongruency with universal law serves to deliver the human experience, which is not meant to just be perfect all the time. We did not come here to just receive everything that we want to receive and have every experience that we want to have and never suffer, never hurt for anything, never have obstacles to overcome. We came to create. And a lot of our creation is inspired by experiencing things that we don't like, things that are not our preferences. That's why we have polarity. That polarity creates the scenario that drives us to create new things that expand our consciousness. Having had the experience, whatever it is, expands our consciousness. And our expanded consciousness contributes to the expanded consciousness of source, of the universe. And even science has said that the universe is ever expanding. It never stops expanding. Well, how does the expansion occur? The expansion occurs by a heightened sophistication of consciousness. So beyond the physical environment, there is no linear time, but there is expansion of sophistication of consciousness. How do you become a more sophisticated conscious being? Through experiences and not just positive, happy ones. Through challenges, solving problems, creating suffering for yourself in the judgment of a scenario and moving through and perhaps even out of the suffering experience. Time heals all wounds, we say. So all of that stuff that the matrix tells us to demonize, that's bad and awful and should not be, it's all our own creation. And when you claim ownership of the creation and you're no longer judging it as wrong or should not be, you gain supreme clarity on how and why ultimately you created it for yourself, which is a brilliant way to experience humanity. And what we see happening across humanity now is we have absolutely become more sophisticated versions of ourselves as humanity here physically manifest on planet earth. We are a reflection of the universe at large. And as that reflection, we are more sophisticated beings now than we were a generation ago or two or three or four. Every generation gets more sophisticated. So when you hear people talking about going back to the good old days before all this technology came and ruined humanity, imagine what that would really be like with the the more sophisticated intelligence that you possess now taking yourself back to the 1950s, for instance. How would you operate with all of this knowledge in the 1950s? You wouldn't fit in very well. You would be way too sophisticated in your thinking, in your being, to really fit in with people in the 1950s. Even if you like to kind of gloss over it and say, well, it was so simple then and things were so nice and everyone communicated. There were nice aspects of the 1950s for some people. For other people, it was pretty horrific as we know. So one of the aspects of that time frame that I'm referencing was that religion was such a powerful force across society. Regardless of where you were, there was some type of religious slash government, and very often they were very uh, intertwined, belief system that basically told you this is what you're supposed to be, this is how you're supposed to behave, and this is what your life is supposed to look like. And it was sort of the, the peak of the matrix, if you think about it. And as the matrix peaked in the 1950s, people began, you know, television came about, people began communicating on a broader basis. They, they, they were less separate than they were before, perhaps. And they started becoming aware that that matrix belief system was not working the same for all groups. And so this, this sort of broader thought started taking hold. And then we had the pushback to all of that start around the 1960s. And that, uh, you know, all of the spiritual movements sort of really started coming on strong in the 1960s, and this was the time frame where I was born. And we have seen a steady decline in religion since that time, and a steady increase in what you call spirituality. But spirituality is a big tent; it means lots of different things to different people. It's not, uh, and in religion, of course, is a big tent as well. But spirituality, I believe, even more so. Uh, because it is a little more free flowing, but it still seems to have some rules and, and and sometimes some fear and judgment built into it. Not always. So we've sort of deconstructed that old religious matrix and created a new version of it called spirituality, where people love the the the, the positive aspect of of religion was this divine supreme being. Spirituality sort of took away that concept that the divine supreme being. Was somehow judgmental and somehow going to damn you to an eternity in hell if you didn't believe the way that your leaders tell you you're supposed to believe and think the way they tell you you're supposed to think so it was sort of an evolution of religion with spirituality if you think about it and now a lot of us have even moved beyond mainstream spirituality where we're not so believing in any sort of deity anymore And a lot of people default into, well, then there's nothing. I'm an atheist. Now I don't believe in anything unless science proves it to me. So now I'm going to, to think like an atheist and everything's got to be black and white to me, but you don't know everything. And science certainly doesn't know everything. There's certainly a consciousness that creates us. There is certainly a consciousness to our design. Maybe science has is a long way from figuring out exactly what that is, but I know that there is a consciousness behind our design. The The human body, not just the human body, but all creatures, but certainly the human body is a very complex physical vehicle, very complex. And, and I don't believe that it just happened organically. I believe that, that nothing happens organically. I believe organic, uh, any type of organic creation or creation in general has consciousness behind it. So, if we are these design beings here having what we know is a temporary experience, we, we are perceiving linear time, we know that our life experience, as we know it, has a beginning, a middle, and an end. What is our operating system? Well, our operating system has been heavily influenced by the matrix. that whatever the matrix is, depending on geographically where where you were raised and what your family customs and traditions are, All of that stuff created a framework for you to operate your life if you so choose. Well, most of you that are listening to this probably have some experience with that and decided that it wasn't for you and you set about trying to listen to other ideas and and sort of form your own belief system. You would not be here if, if you were so caught up in the original belief system that you projected into. You would not be listening to the Stream of David podcast. You wouldn't be paying attention to channel material. Very likely, you have somehow moved into some sort of, of spiritual belief system or maybe moved through it even, and you've arrived here. I have always said that the stream's teachings are the leading edge of thought. I don't think I have a monopoly on that. I think that there are, first of all, I think everyone's channeling source in their own way, and there's certainly other teachers out there that are diving deep into source the way that I do and are channeling it in their own way whether it's trance or not and and tapping into a lot of universal truths. I hear a lot of things out there that sound a lot like what I get from the stream, things that I heard from the stream before I heard them from anyone else. And and now that I hear it parroted back to me, I understand this is source that I'm channeling and so are they. And that's great. We all channel source on our own way like I said so in the the matrix belief system you had very specific things for a long period of time to signal to you exactly what you were who you were supposed to be and what you were supposed to be experiencing and i do believe that we are seeing a crumbling of the matrix now and it's trying to reform itself as we well know and in that challenge of the matrix and the crumbling of the matrix I see a lot of humanity sort of flailing about defaulting into these other belief systems and creating a great deal of suffering for them for themselves in in the, in the process of that. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we return from this message, I am going to share a few more ideas around this unraveling of society and how you can make sense of it for yourself and how you can move toward a belief system that is rooted purely in universal law and serves your higher good, your best interests, really your desires. Uh, I'm going to share more of that as soon as we return from this message. We'll be right back. (laughs) Taya Bootcamp gives you the tools to make what the stream is offering your new way of life. You can move yourself into detuning your transgressors and move yourself more into source alignment by learning to appreciate all that is. That's what the Taya practice is. And Taya Bootcamp is an immersive online experience that lasts anywhere from three to six months, just depending on what you want to put into it, that will allow you to live your life, but simultaneously begin to make Taya your new way of life. Click the link in our bio to book your discovery meeting, to learn more about your alignment with Taya bootcamp and that bootcamp experience. So the reason that I created the Taya practice was because I went so deeply inward to my own source connection that I had really fostered throughout my lifetime. But it wasn't until I got into my forties that I realized that, okay, I've been listening to some of what source is offering me, but I've still been listening to a lot of what the matrix is offering because source offered for me as a, as a sort of lonely child raised in a, in a situation where my parents were very disconnected from me, uh, offered me a sense of worthiness of being. And that was very important. That's what kept me from, um, you know, unraveling and, in, and in, in essentially, uh, ending my human experience in some way, like a lot of kids in that scenario uh, often do, whether it's through drugs or suicide or just you know uh, behavioral things that end up ending their human journey, what we would call early. So I, I learned to trust it beyond anything else and listen to it. But there were components of the matrix that I gave a lot of power to as well. One of them was consumerism. Certainly, uh, uh, understanding that my thoughts created things in my life. I did develop a belief system around consumerism where I believed that if I had enough nice things, I would be happy. And those of you that have been listening for a while or or read the stream book, understand that I I was really good at manifesting things and I manifested a lot of nice things, home and cars and, and, you know, clothes and vacations and, and, you know, the type of life that as a, as a poor kid growing up in, in Louisiana, in the seventies and eighties, I would look to and say, wow, those people are rich. They live in a big two story house and they have fancy cars and they take nice vacations. And, you know, they have uh, fun toys in their houses, you know, video games and TVs and cool stereo systems and all this stuff. That's what rich is. And I want to be that. And by the time I was 40, I was that I had all of that stuff and I had all of those experiences and I was exactly living that life that I thought was rich. Of course, it wasn't rich, but it it was a lot of nice material things. It was sort of an upper middle class really existence from my now perspective. And I realized that I had all the things that that I thought I needed to be happy and I still wasn't happy. So I set about really going inward and understanding that my belief system around materialism was not really rooted in source. It was an ego driven thing. And it wasn't really making me happy. And how, how did I reconcile all of that? Well, that's where it, when I spent uh, the next decade really going, in, going inward and meditating and allowing more source to step forward in my life, so much so that I started sharing it. And that's where the channeling came from. And then that's where the practical application came from, which is the tie of practice, as, as we talked about earlier. Because that, that practical application component was very important for me. Concepts and ideas are great. But how do you you implement these concepts and ideas as your way of life? That's where the four pillars of the Taya practice came from. And sources made it very clear to me that universal law is just that. It's universal law. It's the truth of the universe that will not change ever. It creates it. It expands it. It will always be. It will not be upgraded in any way. This is how the universe works. Creation is all thought first, and all of that thought is inspired bipolarity, period. That's it. That's the whole universe right there. When people start spinning into all of these other universal laws and truths and all these complications, that's all matrix. That's all ego being added into that stuff. So we created the four pillars of the Taya practice, and I'm not going to go into that here. We have the other podcasts and lots of places to do that, but it's important to note that those four pillars, according to source and according to my own experience. And according to the experience of the hundreds of other people that practice Taya all over the world, those four things are all you need to systematically raise your vibration. And we do that by systematically raising our vibration while simultaneously detuning our ego, the thing that tends to lower our vibration. So that works. We know those four pillars work. That is all Taya will ever be uh, in in reality and, and all that we need. But we are a collective consciousness eternally, and we are a collective consciousness of of physical beings, and we crave community. We crave community, but the matrix has moved humanity to a place where the concept of community is limited to like-minded community. That is a product of the matrix that, okay, we've created this this set of belief systems. There's one overarching belief system, but then there's all these other brands of the belief system, if you will. And we can can use religion as an example of this. And you're supposed to, in the matrix, congregate with your like-minded thinkers. We all know that there are lots of religions that operate more like what we would call a cult. You've got to be around us. You're not around, allowed to be around people that don't think like us or not much. And if you are around them, maybe you're supposed to judge them. Or you're at least supposed to fear them. You don't want to get drawn into their narrative because our narrative is the right one. And for ours to be right, that means the others have to be wrong. I always had a problem with this. It was one of my first big questions about religion when I got out into the world beyond my small hometown and started meeting people from different countries and different faiths that why is my faith the right faith because i was geographically projected into this environment and theirs is wrong automatically so why why is that no one could really answer that uh for me in a way that was satisfying and i realized well that's just bs that's just the matrix that's just you trying to make your thing the right thing so that your people are sort of stuck in it, which is rooted in fear and certainly judgment. And source is not about fear and judgment. So if you're in something and you're believing that your thing is the right thing, that is not source, that is your ego. That is the matrix telling you that this thing is the only way. And I believe what happens is a lot of these, these matrix matrix driven belief systems didn't start out as part of the matrix. They started out as someone channeling source. We know that there are well-known teachers that I believe were channels of source. Again, we all are in our own way, but there, certainly, uh, there, there, there is certainly a whole range of how interested and how successful these teachers are with their source channeling. And usually it's the test of time. Usually you don't know how successful someone is with their source channeling until long after they, they've departed physical and the message has continued to expand without them. But what happens is, is usually, in my opinion, once the teacher is, departs and the, the message has taken hold, you have other leaders that come in and with with numbers, you have the potential for commerce, meaning gee, we've got millions of followers now. Guess what? Millions of followers can equal millions of dollars. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, the the whole monetary system of our environment is just a, a, a manifestation of consciousness in and of itself, a system of exchange. And I don't think there's really anything wrong with that. But when you inject fear into your commerce, then you've corrupted it, so to speak, because now you are going to behave in a certain way because you're fearing losing your commerce. You're no longer trusting the universe. You're no longer trusting your abundance because if you're the leader of the congregation, the leader of the church, the leader of the belief system and you're selling your belief system to others in such a way that you're telling them that it's the only way you're going to suffer. If you don't do this, this is it. This is the only way you need to come and subscribe to our thing Not concerning yourself with whether or not they're even alignment with it, and and really just trying to sell it to them. There is some fear present there that you've got to sell this thing to somebody so that you can drive more commerce for yourself or for your business or your dream or whatever it is. I have I have woven in and out of that in the past since I've started Taya. I have gotten into uh, into business agreements with people that are into marketing that wanted to utilize fear to market Taya. And in 2021, that was sort of the pinnacle of all of that for me in this practice. And I realized this isn't Taya, you know, trying to scare people. It never worked for us because I always took the fear and judgment and all the BS out of it. It said, no, that's not what this is. And so we stopped doing that. And whether, uh, you know, no, no matter what happens next because of that, I won't go back to doing that. I created that experience and moved through it to show myself once and for all that we don't need to do that with this. We don't need to do that at all. What I need to do is do what I'm doing. Share this message out. Let it ooze out of me the way that it does. And those that are in alignment with it will come and listen and choose it as a belief system or not. And there's nothing wrong with whether anybody does or not. The four pillars of Taya are not about dogma, are not about sin, are not about uh, a consequence for not being part of this or a consequence for doing this and trying it and moving on to other things. That that dogma is just not going to be built into this. And it doesn't matter what happens with this as a result of that. And if it starts mattering, then we've gotten ourselves into trouble because then we've become yet another component of the matrix. And the the intention behind Taya is to, to be appreciative of the matrix. We can be in the matrix, but not be of the matrix. No fear, no judgment ever. But the community component is interesting because we're this collective consciousness set of beings, we do crave community and we like comparing uh, our our experiences with people and and finding that common ground. I think that that's just a normal uh, component of being in physical, that that need for commonality is an ego driven thing, but it's not necessarily bad. And what I see happening is Absolutely, if you follow social media or follow the news, you could look at what's going on across humanity and say humanity is unraveling. Perhaps it is. I, I think there's always been challenges throughout history. We've known of, of challenges and things going on that were not our preference and people being harmed and suffering and all of that stuff is, is forever. This this time is not unique that way. This time is unique, however, in that we, because of our technology and our ability to communicate in 3D much like the way we want to communicate eternally or do communicate eternally as, as eternal strands of consciousness, the collective consciousness, we want to have that physical version of that experience, right? Just like we want to have the physical version of freedom and joy and abundance and, and the things that we prefer. That's our source being, being expressed through us. So that need for community, is not being satisfied in our modern day world because the things that created community for a very long period of time very much centered around religion and if you think about how society how the matrix has created uh, our religions is being so dogmatic that worked for us for a while served us for a while and now we've sort of wised up to it we've become more intelligent than that, to believe that there's this set of rules that seems to be different for different religions. They definitely seem to be um, changed over the years. We can go back to older versions of the Bible and see that it doesn't say anything like what a newer version of the Bible says. So obviously humanity is peppering in uh, beliefs that are human created beliefs and a lot of judgment and certainly a lot of fear. And then we back away from that. We say religions not for us. Organized religion is is not the way. This is, and, and then of course with all of the controversies within a lot of these religions, you can't help but question the validity of them. So I've got somebody up there telling me that I'm sinning and I'm going to go to hell and I'm living life wrong, and I'm finding out that they're covering up a pedophile ring within their own you know, church. Of course, that's going to turn people off. We're wising up to that as a people, and the and the the misdeeds, if you will, uh, are the hypocrisy. They're coming to the surface now. We're starting to see that stuff. And the reason that we're starting to see that stuff is because our questioning of the matrix is causing it to fracture. It's causing it to weaken. And in the weakened matrix, the flaws start to come out. Oh, wait a minute. This person is con- you know uh, purporting themselves to be so virtuous and, and judging us and telling us to judge ourselves and, and behave in a certain way. And they're not even following their own rules. So why should I keep showing up and, and, and donating money and giving my attention to this. So now the church community, the community aspect of that is falling away. So we don't have that belief system anymore. Uh, not like we did. It's, it's crumbling. We don't have the community aspect of it. It's crumbling. And now we have technology. So we have the ability to commune uh, without the constraints of, of geography. We can We can have community with people all over the world now which is great, but it's, it's really in its infancy in in the way that we do it. And it's still not quite the same as being together in person in a physical way, in a physical environment. So we're seeing people become more antisocial because they're spending more time online. They're spending more time at home. Uh, Since the pandemic, more and more people now work from home and their whole life is centered on their home. Michael and I live in Southern California and we live uh, about 30 minutes outside of Palm Springs in a gated community. And we've noted that the community is not very friendly. I've lived in lots of communities. I've lived in other gated communities and other neighborhoods and things like that. And this is probably the least friendly community I've ever lived in. Beautiful house, great view. Can't wait to get back in it. Uh, But the community itself is not very friendly. I have a neighbor across the street that I've waved and said hello to a couple of times. She won't even Flinch doesn't look, doesn't acknowledge me. I don't exist. Um, you know, just a lot of uh, everyone's very in their backyards, and that's how houses are designed today. We don't have a front porch anymore. We're not out having uh, you know community interaction. Everyone's in their backyard, enjoying their pool uh, on their Wi-Fi, doing their thing, and it, it's very much becoming more introverted and less community focused. Life is becoming like that, and you, you, we're hearing all of this. Um, you know, anti-social behavior, people shooting people for walking into their yards and, and, and stuff like that. You know, they, they, it's easy to watch the news or listen to social media and believe that that society is unraveling. And, and in a way, I think there's some truth to that. And I think it's because we don't have community. So what I want to do with the Taya practice is create community around it. And in spiritual communities, a lot of times I see the leadership of the spiritual community and the and, and the people that are assigning themselves to that belief system, creating the notion that you, they've got to separate themselves. This is where cults come in, right? You've got to separate yourself from society. You've got to get out of the matrix physically. Uh, I, I got a pitch email for someone to be a guest on here. As you all know, I don't have non tie guests on here our non-stream guests on here because we're, we're all about streams teachings. We're not about somebody coming on and promoting their book and stuff on here, but somebody wrote a book and it was, there was something intriguing and I read about him and he's someone that's creating this self-sustaining spiritual community in South America. And those of you that are old enough to remember, (laughs) we've seen this before and we know it doesn't always end well, but I think there's plenty of them that are probably just fine. I'm sure there are. But the interesting thing about Taya is that we can discern a preference to do anything that we want. If we want to get together and create a, a stream or tie a community and live on a compound somewhere, we could do that. If we're not in fear and judgment, we, we could do that. But if we're not in fear and judgment, do we need to do that? Do we need to go create community in that way? Because to me, the thing that does set the stream of David teachings and the tie practice away from what you would call a cult is that we're not separating ourselves. We're not uh, denouncing our families or separating ourselves from our loved ones or, uh, you know, cutting ourselves off from the outside world or cutting ourselves off from someone that might challenge our belief system. I think there's a period early on when you start practicing something that it might be good to shut down some of those external things if they're lowering your vibration period, because the Taya practice is all about systematically raising your vibration. And if you can't quit TikTok or the news or your family get togethers because they only lower your vibration. I think having a temporary separation while you build your skills of appreciation, um, to be able to go back and appreciate and detune those things that drag your vibration down. There's, there's some merit to that in this practice, but this practice was never created to be about separation and it won't be, it will never be about separation. If it becomes about separating ourselves from the world at large, then we're no longer Taya. It's become something different. Because it really is just about employing those four pillars. And one of the four pillars is Source. And the key to Source is appreciation of all that is. So if you are appreciating all that is, you don't have to cut yourself off from anything or anyone. You don't have to move out of the city. You don't have to, to do anything. You don't even have to leave your church if you like your church. You can practice Taya and be a religion. You can include anything or exclude anything that you want. There's no rules in this. But I do think that, that that we should pay attention to that community aspect. Online, absolutely. We have this wonderful tool. Why not use it this way? But physically also. Uh, a, a couple of years ago, we did a live event, and it was glorious. And I want to get back to doing live events where we can come together. I think that's one of the big appeals of Abraham. Those of you that have uh, have uh, dabbled in the Abraham Hicks world, I know a lot of you have. have uh, been followers of Abraham. Perhaps you still are. I think one of the things that people really get from that is that big Abraham community and those big Abraham events they go to, and they're in, in the presence of other people of like mind that think the way that they think. I like that. I like that. I I want for us to do that for sure. Understanding though, that it doesn't have to become a way of life, that we can go and have that community experience. We can have our online version of the Taya community, of all the Taya, Taya practitioners, however you want to refer to yourself, and have and work on our belief systems, understanding what the matrix is without judging it, and being a more source-aligned being of appreciation of all that is, which is what we're doing here. I think it's important for us to do that uh, because there, when you're living in the matrix and you are seeking to exit its its grasp, if you will, there are challenges that will draw you back into it. One of the things about the practices is that it's very easy to get drawn back into the matrix, but it's okay within the practice because that's really part of it. If you get drawn back into the matrix in some way and you manifest a spin out, the practice is there waiting for you to move through that spin out, find the value in it, find the appreciation for it and expand as a result of the spin out. That it, you're still practicing taya. even when you're not manifesting exactly what you want, even when you're demanifesting or manifesting unwanted things, however you know whatever you've got going on, because everything's a manifestation really. So whatever you've got going on, whether it's positive or negative in your life, if, you, if taya is your belief system, you're still in it even when that's going on because there's value in the spin out. there's value in the unwanted. great value, as a matter of fact. And that's one of the aspects of this practice is that we come to appreciate all of that through deep understanding. So I hope that I have helped shed some light on the importance of community, how we can continue to foster a Taya community without it turning into a religion or cult. Uh, I used to sort of fear that and talk about that quite a bit. I don't fear that anymore. I'm not worried about that. Taya has matured into a full-blown mindset practice that is void of rules, void of judgment, void of fear, and certainly void of worship and obedience. It It is a very sovereign mindset practice about you going in with this set of tools to your own inner being, and not even receiving guidance so much as understanding that abundance is guaranteed and that your ego is the thing separating you from it, and that when it does, there's value in that experience. And the sooner you appreciate it, the faster you move through the experience and gain the value from it. That's what Taya is all about. So I, I, hope, uh, I hope to hear from some of you or all of you. It's fine if all of you start bombarding us with uh, messages and just let me know how this resonates, how you feel about creating a, a greater Taya community and sharing Taya with the world, but certainly not preaching Taya to the world. Because that's not what it's about. People have to be ready for this practice. They have to be sort of aligned with it. I don't want to say guided to it as much as aligned with it. Ready for it vibrationally because they understand that universal law is the only constant here. And that a whole lot of religion and a whole lot of spirituality and certainly a whole, all of the isms that are out there. Those are all creations of the matrix. A lot of them are creations of the matrix. How do we create a belief system now that is beyond the matrix because we're sophisticated enough now to do it. We don't need someone telling us what we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to live and what we're supposed to want. We don't need that anymore. We get to discern our own preference from here. We've got it. We're good. Thank you, universe. And thank you all for listening. This episode doesn't have to end here. You can join us over on Patreon for the roundtable discussion of everything the stream shared today and how to apply it in your life. Join us at patreon.com forward slash the stream of David. I hope to see you over there.